0: Angeles, we're back with another episode of the FCFC, FEC, FEC pod. We've got Benny Blanco, the man in the North End that you may have seen with the best tattoos in the game. You may have seen him hanging around the Tigers. You may have seen him hanging around the Dwee's. My cousin and best friend is here today to talk film, to talk where is Slim, mm-hmm. our missing member tonight? We get a special call from him at some point. Stay tuned for that. And we discuss the West Side a little bit. We discuss guilt. Who doesn't want to talk about guilt and shame? <laughs> on a, such a good We know you come here for the guilt and shame, guys. All right? Uh, we talk about art. We talk about Los Angeles and better questions to ask people that you meet in Los Angeles. And ultimately... I think we had a great Wednesday night. Uh, since Slim's not here, Josh is about to hit you with the warning.
1: You know what? I'm going to pass it off to Ben, who has uh, the warning prepared. Good people of Los Angeles. <laughs>
2: yes. My name is Benny Blanco, a.k.a. That's pretty much that's the, only, your AK, that's yeah. the only nickname the only nickname I don't know gave where you're me. going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I play FIFA sometimes. We are out here in the north end. Uh, we're not in the North End. <laughs> we're out here at Expo Park. Sean Dweez is going to edit a lot of this shit out. No, there he's There are not. people yelling. There are horns blazing. There are dogs barking.
1: Lots of dogs barking.
2: We talked about God for probably a little bit too long. <laughs> if you're listening to this at work or around children, you shouldn't be. <laughs> yes. We swear. I got a potty mouth. Slim was on the phone. He talked about swinging. <laughs> or we talked about him swinging. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> you bitch. Yeah.
1: Oh, your bitch is correct.
0: So good. So
1: good. Oh, oh God. So good. I love how you delivered that like slim the whole time. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. here in the a back, true of the pod. FCFC.
3: Yeah.
4: Light that candle. Back. Back, in black. If it's a, if
3: it's
0: a. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the FCFC pod. I am your host, taking Slim's place. My name is Dweez. Sitting across from me is Josh Asian Jesus Spice.
1: Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very glad to be here without Slim once again.
0: <laughs> and on this Oops All Scholars No Dickheads pod, we've got my best friend and family member, my cousin, Ben, Benny Blanco. And
2: Yes, I replaced Slim with a slim guy. Ooh, uh, naturally slim guy. This is, this ain't no street
1: name anymore. No,
0: we're gonna fill you guys in on what Slim's up to here here in a little bit on a special phone-in uh, moment of the FCFC Pod. But before that, gotta give the honor to our guest who brought over. What is this whiskey? Ben, explain it to us.
2: Here. It's Oishi whiskey. The cask is cher- sherry.
0: Ooh. cherry.
2: Cherry cask. Yes, and it is. I recommend it, and you've told us that you buy this in bulk. I buy it in bulk because it is hard to find in
1: individual. Do you want to do you want to shout out the, the liquor store or winery uh, that you got this from? Yeah, K and L Liquor on Hollywood and Vine. K and L Liquor sponsored the pod. They sponsored the pod
2: tonight. Yeah,
0: it's well. I mean, you're also kind of giving away that it's,
2: it's not a K and L liquor.
0: Yeah,
2: it's not at all. Don't don't try <laughs> well, to get it there.
0: You said it's hard to get,
2: right? It is hard to get. They usually save me a bottle though, so go and try and get it.
0: This is it's really,
1: really powerful. Spirited stuff. journey.
2: I know Slim's not here because there is no Hennessy,
1: on this table. Not not one drop. That's a good if yeah if you if you polish a Hennessy bottle three times Slim just kind of magically appears. I think that's kind of <laughs> how that works. But um yeah you're right. We're gonna give
0: Slim a call here in a moment. But Ben, before we do all that, what's your let's give us your first football memory.
2: First football memory. I know exactly. It was 1994. And we were playing soccer outside of my cousin Danny's house in Culver City in Palms, and this dude pulled up in a like a Tercel or something and opened the trunk and he was selling uh, uh, World Cup hats.
1: He just pulled up to you guys as kids and just like yeah, and he's like, like, you guys are playing soccer. He's like, I got
2: hats, and we like went crazy over these hats. And he was selling all the different countries, and he was telling us that like, you know, Brazil's the favorite, but it's in France, so we got. Or no, it wasn't in France. It was in it was the U.S. US. Yeah, yeah, it was here. Oh, that, that's probably why he was he had the trunk full of hats. <laughs> now that I think about it, but uh, I remember buying. We yeah, we bought a Mexico, we bought a Brazil, we bought a France. He had this every kind of hat, and I remember that was when I was like, man, I should start paying attention to soccer.
0: Wait, did you were you doing that the Baggio card? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
2: Baggio. What trading card we're yeah. talking yeah. about? So we yeah, we cards? got yeah we got trading cards. That's I think that's what like the. The odd enough, like, the peak of our, like, soccer, like, like, we absorbed everything after that.
0: Yeah. No, that, that was, uh, I think, for a lot of people, I think uh, the boys from the Cuervos talked about 94 World Cup being, like, that, you know.
2: Super really formative, right. And that was, like, that was the year that, like, you actually start forming opinions. because that was, like, I don't know, eight. Like, yeah. I feel like eight's, like, when you start liking yeah. things. Like, actually.
0: And one of the things that I liked was this whole trading card thing. And you had Baggio's card, and I had Romario's yep. card. Yeah, from yeah, Brazil. Yeah. And guess what? I just found the card. I'm gonna present it at the break because it's actually in the car. Um, I found it over the weekend. I found the card, my Romario card. And I remember after Baggio missed the the penalty, you tore your. Card. You tore your <laughs> so, card. <laughs> so there is no Baggio card that anyone. Just Baggio's. Dead, what a melodramatic dead. child been, you were. He's Look. been
2: dead to me ever since. <laughs> Did you have a Luis Figo clock?
0: I might have had a Luis Figo clock.
2: Cause then, cause after that, after we bought those hats, they took us to the convention center and we went to Soccer Mania And we or saw the world, trophy, yeah, Soccer Fest. Saw, soccer Fest, and we saw the World Cup trophy. Yeah. And I think you got a Luis Figo clock.
1: I Wait, hold on, hold on. There was a Soccer Fest at the convention center. Yeah, Yeah. They were downtown. selling Figo clocks. Oh, that's incredible. Another, this I sounds had like it. everything <laughs> I want out of a convention right here. <laughs> I remember it was Luis
2: Figo, cause we used to play the FIFA Soccer '94, and it was like I was always like Luis Figo's team. Like that okay. was because I was like the guy that I knew that you liked, and I was like, "I'm the yeah, it's Alex's
1: team."
0: It was my team.
1: What system are you playing FIFA '94 on? I think we're on PC. Like, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't even think there was a. I don't think there was a system attached. Got but. you. Got you.
2: Got you.
0: Um, well, before we get into more nostalgic football moments, why don't we just uh, give our much-loved host a call, and we'll reveal for the listeners where Slim is,
4: why can't he can't be here.
0: <laughs> no matter where he is when he answers, no matter when he answers, this is how the man answers. Slim, we're we're in the backyard. You're live on the FCFC pod right now. Uh, what's up, everybody? I
4: am on a big ass boat
0: off the shore, of Cabo San Lucas. Ooh. So tell us how it's been going out there.
1: How cooked are you right now? Uh,
4: too much alcohol, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> got to Cabo, and I don't really feel like drinking Cabo right now, so we uh, gotta fight through this. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a fucking limit. You're only allowed up to 15 drinks. We are proud to say that we hit 15 each day.
0: And you've got more days left to put them in their place and earn each one of those 15 drinks.
4: Oh, man. It's pretty yeah, it's disgusting. It's like shit. Down refreshes at 6 a.m. Every day. Yeah, man, the cruise is dope. This is, a, like, probably one of the bigger cruise liners out of the, the LA, California ports. Um, fucking, I think there's, like, 3,700 guests on here. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Thank you. So there's,
0: um, so there's 3,689 old people. You the homie and probably five or six workers who aren't old.
4: No, I mean, the workers are, are fairly young. You know they got hella Filipinos here all ready to jump on and do cover band, you know, <laughs> work when they need to. Um, it's lit, man. I mean, it's cool. It's, you know, the crowd. As far as the women here, it's a little slim pickings, but about over to Cabo and see if there's any bachelorette parties that are
0: feeling frisky. <laughs> well, we're going to let you get back to your
4: cruise. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you guys holding it down. It's... I'll be back soon. Um, shit. FCFC has, has some fun things coming for you guys, too. So make sure you guys get drunk. Don't be too scholarly today. Make sure Ben has a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of dickhead energy. Just a little
0: bit. Well, we thank you for bringing it. We We thank you for bringing it, my dog. All
4: right, brothers. Have a good one.
1: I'll see you guys soon. Peace. Later, Slim. Peace. God, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that guy. I need. I'm glad this is a vacation for for both of us. <laughs> well, you went to Italy,
0: and now he's he's down there. So you guys, can you guys get a little separation the last month or so.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's competing with me all of a sudden, dude. You'd say, I, I go to Europe for a little bit. He decides to go on a cruise. I think this is. Uh, well, listen. You went to Italy. He went to Mexico. Hey, so I think you're winning. I mean, shout out Mexico over here. And I'm sorry, Cabo, out. Cabo. Shout out Cabo! Yeah, Shout out yeah. Cabo. and he's also
0: not there for that long. The majority of his time, he's spending on a boat. Have you been on a cruise,
1: Josh? No, I've never been. I I, I don't know what that's like. I I I just imagine the living quarters can't be too comfortable. Uh, the shitting
2: on a cruise. There's thirty-seven hundred butts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Something weird about that. Something
1: seventy thousand <laughs> so, cheeks. Yeah, just, just going, on the going at it. Same
0: vessel. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's firing like, on. <laughs> The Carnival oh, Cruise, no, right? And when it started, uh, uh, yeah. when it ran out of electricity or something like that, the shit started like, to pour into the hallways. That's, right, what, he meant, so, that's, what, that's what hell, that hell looks like. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. okay. no, people have seen hell, and it's—I
2: think it was in Italy. <laughs> it might have been in Italy. Yeah, I think right. it was a Carnival Cruise line through Italy. Yeah, but it turned into like
1: a shit tank, a literal shit tank. Wow, that's that's quite there. watch I mean, this? I was just
0: scared because David Foster Wallace wrote, once wrote an essay called "A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again" uh-huh. about being on a cruise and just everything why it was like all the worst parts of America <laughs> that wrapped up Jesus. in one I get shit, that
1: too. shit filled I mean. think
0: but then when you talk to Slim it's like he sounds like he's having a great time
1: no if he does if you
0: go at it with the right attitude it's a little bit like going to Las Vegas
2: probably it is. it is
0: it's like if you go with the right people at the right time and you're only there for as long as you need to be there you probably could have a good
1: time what was Mr. Foster Wallace's uh, point what were the, what were the, the, the worst parts like of America that it's like a total
0: inf- and like it, it's it's a ma- it's like a manufactured good time that's like not ever it's like nothing ever goes as planned like on the it's whole it's never that uh, rad thing yeah like like, you want like it to it's be. like come to the entertainment at like seven down at the thing and it's just yeah. like the worst entertainment like you could imagine and then gotcha like have like are like five course meals or whatever and then it's just like the food is just as bad as you could ever imagine uh-huh. and then like you know obviously just like
2: no, he. I mean, he was probably expecting like a Nelly music video and got like well, no, they uh, the old him. folks home. I mean,
0: he was he was famous for. They would just pay him to go places that he knew nothing about and just. No, no, like no I'm talking right about foot. Slim Foster oh, Slim Wallace. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's you know he's yeah. scholar.
1: He, he does. Yeah, some he, things,
0: you, you don't send a scholar on a cruise. I think as well. <laughs> 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 or you do.
1: You get a book out of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or yeah. you do. And you get an essay out of it.
1: Damn, are we looking at a shared cruise? So we can all get a book deal out of this. Is that, oh. is that what's going to happen? Interesting.
0: There you go. We just go down there. We just finish a book in three days and, <laughs> and call it a success. <laughs> this
1: is the, this is the scholars
2: of the backyard here.
0: We could probably. I mean, you could. What there probably is is a lot of territory for talking to these older couples who are most likely retired. Who, yeah. You know, they're just kind of like.
1: Do you feel like they want to try it for the first time? Like they, they've never been on a cruise before. Like before a uh, bucket list kind of shit.
0: No, I think like this is their tenth one this year. Like. This oh, is, like, is that, this is that is right? Like, okay. I think like a lot of them do this all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, when you go to Vegas. And you go, especially if you go like off the strip and you find like, you know, I'm not trying to be ageist on here, but you find like the older cats who are just like glued to the, the vending machine and they're just pulling it and they've got that like certain glazed over Look in their <laughs> eye like I should have done something different with my life well, when I was younger. I have all this retirement money and I have nothing better to do with it.
1: I mean, you exchange it into quarters and you, you go to the slots and, and that's your life from and there on, right? And you just on, pull
0: right? the lever. and you have like kind of a timeshare vacation home in Vegas. And
1: well, it
2: takes the hardship out of traveling, but it takes the adventure out too, right? Because you can, just get on the thing that moves. You don't move.
0: Well, and that's why when you're older and you can't move around that much, yeah. it mm-hmm. makes sense. But I think there's like an underbelly of like American get out there and work early and work hard that like those who are now past retired age and especially when I was younger I remember this a lot when I was younger so like the you know probably the generation that like lived through the 40s and the 30s or whatever I just felt like there was just like this well okay like here's what we're doing now just like hitting the buttons and pulling the levers and it just there's it's hard not to be a little bit depressed by it I got but you that's oh, yeah. just my that's my like internal Irish guilt looking at it um, rather than Probably what it was for them. They're probably having a great time. They go play golf in the afternoon. They tell me to go fuck myself. They're gonna have their grilled cheese with their tomato bisque.
2: For lunch. <laughs> I'm um, curious if Slim's trying to get with one of these older couples. i th- and kind of swing with them. Yeah, because you come on. There's yeah. 3,700 people. There's got to be 1,200 1, <laughs> that are swinging. Like yeah, who yeah, were yeah. there for that explicit purpose. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we don't, we don't actually go on cruises.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think, I think uh, Slim is a man of. Um, very diverse taste i think i will say that and uh he's not closed off to anything as, as much as he said he's a dickhead he's very open-minded to uh different experiences so you say he dabbles yeah he dabbles yeah, okay. yeah. he dips i mean he just said just a tip right so i mean if you feel like that's a that's a little dabbling then uh it's true then that works out you know i watched this interview with um wale and jerry seinfeld thing i brought it up before but he's just talking about how uh it reminded me again what you just said it was like wale was like life's too short and jerry's like Life's not too sure. Life's too fucking long, man. It's like we fucking do everything that we're supposed to do. We work our asses off, and then we just wait. And then there it, are all these mandatory things that are are packaged for us that we should enjoy. Right. That are, that are package you know,
0: cruises. Yeah,
1: package cruises are the same thing, right? Or, or buttons that we can press that that'll entertain us long enough until we kick the bucket. Or like
0: retirement homes in general, where everything's packaged. Like the whole the retirement home is like a cruise that doesn't move. You right, know, right. Like every
1: you, don't day of the week. you don't want it to
0: move. <laughs> well, every day of the week, they have, like, you know, the different activities. We're shaking
1: the boat! Like, nah, we're not about that here. Yeah, not here. There's,
0: like, the entertainment on Wednesdays Shady and the holiday things, and then the daily, it's all the meals are at the same time, and, like, you know, you got your neighbors, the quarters are probably similar sized, yeah. how they are
1: on the boat. Um, I mean, we're talking about, Ben, just brought up consistency and the, and the need to strive for consistency and work life and all that junk, and... I wonder and this is my my freaking laziness kicking out and my my lack of consistency really speaking out on that behalf of like the consistency and having good habits and all that shit and sometimes it's just like I refuse to wear a watch to this day because I'm like I will not be beholden to fucking time and a task list and all that shit and being a slave to it but
0: self-preservation is an act of political warfare have you ever heard that phrase? no that's fucking intense and the idea that like the system is after your time
1: oh, like oh, I at, all, that. at
0: all times and like the, the most expensive thing in the world is like is free time mm-hmm. and like everyone from like companies to like social pressures to whatever is out to get that from you right, right so you're that choice to not wear a watch or like to to just do nothing yeah for like whatever amount of time is like yeah it's an active political warfare
1: I mean, I feel better about my life way. choices. You're now. like
0: a revolutionary yeah. every time you do
2: that. That's, well, it's a fire. fire. do
0: that for very often.
2: No. That's an interesting pivot point to reach the people that care about LAFC that i have heard us talk about <laughs> old people for the last 20 minutes.
0: Uh, which is... Uh, what's your three-way right here? it to the guests to bring us back on the topic, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Well, we've been doing this long enough where we just want to basically talk about our fears. Well, we've,
2: <laughs> you and I have talked about this because we... Alex and, I, and I, I... I can't speak for Josh on this... Or of the, like creative mind where like if we are not doing the job we're not doing the life and things start to crumble around us if we're not doing the job mm-hmm. but the one thing that was weird about joining the North End being a part of this whole ride was I've talked to I've had drunken conversations with everybody in the North End and not once has anyone said what do you do yeah and that ne- it never comes up what do you do because no one gives a shit about work yeah. when, we're at, when we're in the North End right right and it's been a really funny thing because i'm i personally work in the entertainment industry and everybody just wants to talk they love talking about themselves oh for sure i'm i'm already feeling like i'm i'm self-conscious right now talking too much about it but in the north end no one cares what the hell you're doing
0: well i think you could go to a bar in la and part of it is the entertainment industry it's a symptom of the entertainment industry but you can go to many bars in la and that will be like
2: out of genuine curiosity then because of my job being so much of my life, I ask that, but I don't ask it in, in like a, I'm exhausted and I don't know what to say to someone. But I think that is the go-to like crazy weather we're having is the, what do you do for a living? Yeah, And in LA, you yeah. more often than not, there's, there's a conversation to be had about whatever the hell you're doing.
0: Is right. Networking a, is probably like that. the same in New York or similar.
1: Yeah, no, practicing. for sure. I mean, it's, it's funny you bring up the crazy weather we're having, right? Cause it's mm-hmm. like, because the weather's so so stale and stagnant all the time here and beautiful that the weather the 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 weather we're having small talk is out the window and you have to jump right into the conversation on career and, and job goals. But yeah, New York's similar, I think. People will give you a different time of day, right? If uh, if you belong to something or if you know somebody. And I mean that's here too, the connections that that come through from it. But um it's weird, man. It's weird. I think it is the extra step to make a genuine human connection without having to ask that question. I think that's the the harder part of it. And it's, we definitely cop out by, by asking that just because we're looking for, you know, uh, you know, it is a crutch that we look for. We, it's I think in the best way, the most optimistic way it is, we're looking for similarities and, and people groups that we can kind of identify with. But at the same time, it is a fucking crutch to awkwardness you know, you know of, a better, of you know status.
0: You know what's a better question that would still leave the door open for people who wanted to talk about their job, you could just be like, what are you all about?
2: What are you all about What are you all about?
0: Yeah. What What's, are you what are you into?
2: If you hit me with that, it Yeah. How would you, yeah, you could, I have to you think about still, it. But
0: you could still talk about like work, you could still talk about projects. But it also leaves the door open for people who could talk about something that like isn't directly related to their work but they might spend the majority of their time doing. And I think part of like the what do you do for work question is like everyone's constantly between different phases of their pursuits you could say and some of them are like perhaps like stepping off of a paid role to do something so that they could work on a personal project and they can't say like oh that doesn't give them an opportunity to say like what they're doing at home because they're no longer you know they're not getting paid for it right or they might like be nervous about like the fact that they haven't achieved some status in said sector or they're not that thing so they don't want to really like talk about it so they'll like rush it under the rug but if you say what are you all about then that gives them a chance to like talk about it whether they make money doing it or not
1: I Is mean that's, that's a solid point. I think that's a solid question to pose to each and one of us right now. What are you, as, you
2: all about, Josh? No, I want to talk to our guest first.
1: As, as, <laughs> as, a,
2: as, a, as a guest, <laughs> what are you all about, man? Give a give me Give me a little. We're talking a little, about it. I'm, I'm as Florida as anyone. Hit me up about that. It would be in the north then. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm a I'm an animation director. Gotcha. And make a lot of the
1: cartoons that you, you see. Probably you're, you're proud of that, so you bring that up first, like the creative aspect of it. You are a creator. You're doing all that, so that comes up naturally first. Yeah, it, it, even, it, though it definitely does. even though the question
2: is, what are you all about? Because you get are it, all about. And it is it is a job that is 16 hours a day, and I often forget that people like have jobs that they clock in and clock out of, and it takes eight hour eight hours at the most. You know, 12 hours if you're grinding. But like, LA is a really interesting place with hustle. So you know, I even perfect example is uber drivers how many times you got an uber and they go yo this you know I'm doing this to make rent but I got this t-shirt line I got this rap career I got this. I I make stickers I make pins I make cartoons I make music like it's Mm -hmm. so I always you know you always leave with that because this is a city that's so expensive your hustle is kind of the life and you even ask like you know ask the taco vendor that now has the multi-million dollar company because white people found his tacos <laughs> that's one thing you can count on the white boys for if you got good They'll tacos it yeah They'll we'll give it you we'll you give you all the money that we spend all this
1: time grinding for what are you all about Dweez tea that's true you lead with that so I'm, I'm yeah. fucking I just tea. lead
0: with that because that's what people know me on the pod for I, mean, I want to oh, okay, okay, tell okay. a consistent story about myself across the FCFC this
1: is the Dewey celebrity fabric, talking right no. now this is uh, an avatar what am
0: I all about man I'm all about um
1: Getting uncomfortable. Getting
2: uncomfortable. Yeah. I, that's think, uh, I think that's a dangerous thing to say to a stranger. Yeah. That would make me uncomfortable asking <laughs> yeah. that. But maybe <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not, the kind you of person. Guys aren't
0: strangers, though. I'm not uncomfortable, I, but I'm, I'm, I, say it I'm to saying you guys if oh uh, are we pretending as, we're being asked by a stranger?
2: Yeah, yeah. So what we're saying asked. like oh, it's okay. a the a better question of yeah. what do you do is what do you what are you all about? And if you say getting uncomfortable. I do
1: think I do I'm in
2: an elevator with what do we some old guy in the cruise might be like, well, like, are you comfortable with, like, banging my wife in front of me? What's going
0: on? <laughs> yeah, like,
1: what's going on? Bring it back. Hey, Slim, that S- shout yeah, out to you. Yeah. So, Slim did it last night. What yeah, about you? That's i do what think,
0: I do think I'd probably, in this, like, it's weird because we're, we're doing both a real scenario and an imagined scenario. And the imagined scenario part would have to re- require, like, whatever I was into at that moment. So, like, in this moment, I'm all about fucking Ben's oishi whiskey and figuring out what uh what that's all about
3: mm-hmm.
0: but i love stories so if i'm gonna fall back on like the more jobby one i think like narrative and stories and stories we tell ourselves and like the difference between like fiction and non-fiction in our own minds as well as on paper because like people fabricate like lives and make-believe stories about themselves all the time and we tell our own stories about ourselves and we tell stories about other people in our own heads that are yeah. also fiction we're all like fiction writers in our minds at the very least and the more and more non-fiction that props up is probably like we'll be a healthier society but the reality is we always bend things to our to suit whatever moods we're in or whatever so i don't know i'm interested in the construction of narrative of course across different platforms i'm horrible at I wish I could do visual storytelling more. I I don't have... I don't think the innate, like, visual mind. So, I'm, like, a little bit one-dimensional, but...
2: You like the words. I'm all about narrative. You're a
1: narrative guy. Narrative's fucking important. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome, What are
1: you all about? You know what? I'd probably lead with... This is fucking me up. I work in advertising, and I always do that. You know what I say? I... Because when I really don't like my job, I say I work in marketing, and then people just kind of piss off. And there's like, you know, it's it's a fine answer, but it doesn't really tell you anything.
3: Right.
1: Work in advertising, but um, I'm obsessed with uh, football culture and telling stories in the same way that you are, you know. Right. And I I talk about that, and that's I think that's genuine to me, but also it's 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 uh it's, it's a pin that people can react to, you know. Like it's something that if I'm actually trying to keep a conversation, like people are about that people are conscious about, about about that in some certain regard, you know, hooliganism and all that, you know, and right. like, are you like, how, how deep are you in this thing, you know? And then, um, uh, let's talk about, it. I and then I, more recently I've been like, I fucking love Los Angeles and I, I talk about LA a lot and I, t- I think about it a lot and I think about what it means for me to be living here at this time. And, um, from then on, it's just like, then, then we kind of pop off or, or don't, but it's, that's, that's kind of it. But I, I love that, man. And I think, uh, all creative people are and we're all getting paid to do something like that you know and especially writers I think writers are a dime a dozen with Blogspot and you know WordPress and all that but it's like we get paid to do it you so you in a in a kind of more I think artistic lens but no it's, it's, it's a cool thing to be able to talk about that we actually are writers or illustrators or designers or animators in that way because I think I'm I've always <coughs> been proud of that and um, I'm less and less modest about that just because I am, I am happy about how i uh, how I've made it in that certain way. I think
0: writing, well, I can only speak on writing and I can't speak on the other ones as much also because I'm bad at them, but I do think that like writing is misunderstood in that like people, those who have not I've talked to about like, they're like, oh yeah, but I'm not like a writer. I just like do some writing and I, and I want, <clears throat> I want there to be more of like a separation or less of a separation between like the idea of like writing professionally which i do think is difficult yeah and requires like work that maybe some people who just write casually you know might not be ready for but i don't think like writers should have ownership over the writing activity and sometimes i feel like that's the case like you know i'm a published writer so like you know i have some, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. additional authority but like writing is like it's like they say, if you you know, if you can walk, you can dance, you can talk, you can sing. If you can, if you went to any level of school, you can probably write. And I right. think you have like as divine of a right to write as I do. I don't think it matters that I get paid for it and you don't. And I wish people felt more confident in their writing because I don't think there's a limit we can get to to the amount of like good stories, good narrative, good books. There's like no like. There's yeah. no like you know it's not a uh, rent sinking there's not like one has to disappear for the other to exist so to speak and like with self-publishing now and like obviously like bl- blogspot and blogs you've mentioned like instagram is a, a, a photo heavy thing but you've noticed like people do write things and they'll post things that they've written and like you see notes that people write like even like athletes or whatever and they'll post so it's like you know people are writing and reading all the time so yeah. it's like i do wish and i don't know if ben you'll feel the same way about art because Ben's really skilled at drawing, and I was always bad at drawing when I was a kid. And I would like try to draw, like whatever. And even my older brother would like be like, "Dude, your drawing is just like horrendous." You know, my 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 like I do not have a steady hand. Like I can't draw, but <clears throat> but I think that like I still sometimes will like try to draw some shit, and I don't have to feel like super, you know, like I, right. like bad about it or that I can't do it because I'm not a pro.
1: I mean, it's a it's I think it's a slightly different kind of angle with Ben because he does have hard skills in certain programs that the normal layman won't have but I mean for the writing part of it I think you're correct in terms of that but
0: he always told me like Ben always told me he wasn't a writer in the beginning and and, and he'd be like he'd share things with me and he'd be like he'd be like nervous and he's a fucking amazing writer that's he's a phenomenal dope. writer that's, that's gonna dope. get more and more writing opportunities the, as uh, his career goes
2: the hardest part about writing and, and pr- I mean all of them right like photography writing uh, the hardest part about art is the bad apples because, like, you asked, like, Kendall Jenner what she is, and she'd be like, I'm a writer, and a photographer, and entre- entrepreneur, and you're like, man, fuck you. This will like, not turn
1: into a Kendall Jenner no, slander no, pod fan. Like, like, I'm saying,
2: like, there's just, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, for every great Dweez and Josh writer who, who has a story to tell, who loves to tell it, there's that douchebag at the bar that read too much Camus and had too yeah. many shots of Jameson that Camus. tells you about his third <laughs> unpublished novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. how, like, sad white boys are going to, like, Really like be a thing soon.
1: Oh, do you mean like the Joker movie or is it? Oh, I'm God. worried about the Joker
2: movie. Man. Yeah, it's I'm I'm part of that. I am as well. I'm as well. No, the, go see Parasite. Yeah, go see Parasite. Don't we'll, see what's, Joker. we'll touch go on, go on see that in like a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cinema. Okay, we'll ta- we're gonna talk
0: <laughs> about some movie stuff. We're gonna talk about some different stuff. But no, just to round out this whole <clears throat> topic, I know what you mean. Like, I know that. Actually, I actually remember distinctly some guy. Do you remember this guy in Los Feliz? Like it's, all, it's always Los bars. Feliz, man. I apologize two three,
2: for Los Feliz every <laughs> time. <laughs> the
0: Good Luck Bar was one of them. RIP, and right? it doesn't anymore. exist anymore, right? No. I remember being in the Good Luck Bar like twice, and the same dude who, like, I respect, like, he came to like sell his books like during the bar hours. Yeah. And he had these like self-published books that he whip out, and he was probably like
2: no. two or three years
0: younger than me, but around the same age.
2: It's tragic because you respect the hustle, but like, I respect <laughs> the hustle, man.
0: But I don't, I don't think that's a fault of writing. Like, I think that's probably not exclusive to, like, the arts. I think that's, like, a certain type of person being a certain type of pushy. And I got to see a lot of that, those type of people, like, in China, right, where, like, everyone, all the expats in China are there to make money. Like, everyone's there to make money. Yeah. Few, few people are there to do art stuff. Interesting. Most people are there to, like, make money, so everyone's got their their scheme right and they're all trying to sell you i'm starting a school or i'm gonna do like this medical app or like like a
1: silicon valley like i mean that's what i heard in that stuff it's like that's literally like what what startup are you part of right now right that's the question so people get exhausted
0: because you're inundated with it all the time and here in la we probably get inundated with like the arts or entertainment because it's happening a lot around us but i don't know that i can inherently like fault those things maybe there is something unique about writing and i'm just trying to look at it through too positive of a spectrum but i've just always felt that like I'm, I would love more writers. We talked about before, like, we can't, like... I wish I knew and hang out with... I have, like, one or two people that, like, I share writing with regularly. Yeah. And I wish I had 25. Right, and I right. don't care if 20 of them have never been published before. It makes... It, I don't even see it as, like, oh, this person's, like, this level, and I would rather, like, listen to their writing. It's, like, there's stuff to... People have things to express, and there's a ton of valid points, and there's room, as we've all known like from more perspectives than have, that existed that goes for racial lines like yeah, gender lines sure. like you know age lines like whatever it is there's like millions of perspectives out there that have been untold because a certain segment of the population has just dominated it for so
1: long yeah and i don't know if this is i mean you if you are a rarity in in this case in the way that i'm thinking about it but you probably are but it's like the when you say you're a writer at a bar the 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 pretension that comes with the pretentiousness that comes with it is is, is really, it's really it's apparent right and i think um i mean you talk about the the voices that are now i mean there's one to be heard but there was one type of writer before and i think the stigma around it still goes around the archetype of you know hemingway in his cabin on a typewriter smoking and drinking and then and then going out and and and, and that's still what i think what people maintain what a writer is and i think Certainly there's there's good um, there's good habits that come out of that but at the same time like that is the profile of, of a writer and I think people when they say I write or something like that you you immediately go to that and I think whether or not they they love live up to that or like really truly truly uh, truly um, decide to become that person but I feel like you're you're rare because I think or maybe not just in terms of there there's a lot of insecurity that comes with that you know about sharing your work about being open to people about something that is so intrinsically personal yeah personal to you like it's 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 an issue of the people who take that that insecurity and then take that and turn it into um you know a machismo kind of part of it like maybe that's it's it's produced before but yeah i guess
0: writing like among men i wonder if like well for sure women writers are more supportive of each other or like that door feels a little more open
1: um gotcha and before before we go to to break i think the one thing, interesting thing about me was, like, even when you mentioned the LAFC community, Ben, about, like, we don't need to know each other's jobs and stuff. But I ne- necessarily feel like even in my supporter group, even in TSG, like, there's a part of me that's, like, if I don't know what to do, like, how well do I really know you? You know, mm. like, just because it does take up so many hours of your life. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And so, yeah, I, th- I think about that. It's like, and it is, so it's surface level, but it's like, and I know, like, let's say, like, you know, I know, I know John, what John Doe as, as. TSG, he's going hard in the pain, like, loves this thing, and I I love him for it, and we're together, shoulder to shoulder on this. And when does that go beyond to the depth of the character of, like, I know what you do for a living to, to kind of be able to even afford, like, coming out to game days and all that stuff, like, a match days. Like, I think that's, that's an interesting part of the equation because, like, how well do I really know you, but I don't want to ask you that first, you know, because that's not the important thing. But when we get to the smaller cell groups of it, like, I want to know, like, what y'all do because I think that is important well, too. It's, to it's day
2: interesting because when... When Dweez and I went to the announcement of LaFC, like no crest, no colors, no anything, we went to that queue on Wilshire. Yeah, yeah this was in like Santa I think this was the first. 2014 or 2015, this when was, they were just like, we, was, we have a team.
0: Yeah, this was like the first I think public watch party I think that they ever did for a game. It was the Champions League final between Barcelona and Juventus. Yeah, and that's where like
2: the 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 very few of us. Got the scarf that I cherished so much—the red, the red and the one, red yeah. and white and black one. Uh, I remember driving home after that, all kinds of amped up. Like we just were like doing lines of coke about how rad it was going to be to have an LA team that we actually love uh-huh. because the Galaxy was trash, and still is. But uh, how we were talking about immediately, we pivoted to how it's going to help the community of Los Angeles and how it could potentially open us up for public service and knowing yeah. what someone does is a really intricate it's a th- there's a lot to go off of in that in terms of like serving the public and i remember when i started getting involved with the north end and starting even getting involved with the tigers like seeing all the kids at the thing seeing all the kids in the game i was wondering like man did any of these kids draw like can i can i can i tell them any knowledge that yeah. i have about drawing yeah, yeah, yeah. because like it turns out you can make a career off drawing, and I never was told that as a kid, and I just kept drawing until I made a career out of it. And it's so stupid that I go to work every morning and make the cartoons that I used to watch. That's, a, I mean, that's
1: that's It's, wow. it's that's stupid, stupid that's, that's, that's because I trip. think,
2: like, eventually someone's going to come and say, like, hey, listen, we heard what you do, and go back to the bank, dude. like you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. The, the real bank, not the Bank of California. But, uh, <laughs> and like, okay, go back to law school, get a real job. Like, don't, you can't do cartoons anymore. That's, so when I see these well, so little kids... Is, I'm okay. sure. Dude, That's so important. To bring it back yeah.
0: full circle, this is a reason why the best thing is to ask people, young, mm-hmm. old, whatever, is what are, like, you, what are you all about? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, it's like, I think from there, whatever someone is in the moment doing for money, I don't think is as important as what they're all about. Sometimes those two things coincide. Sometimes people want them to coincide, and sometimes people want them to be separate. But I do think like you're more likely to find a genuine connection, which I think a lot of us have found in the North End, and part of the reason we find that is because they don't hit you with the career question right off the bat. Yeah, so you yeah, do yeah. kind of get to talk about what you're all into or it comes up naturally. Or you talk about the team and then something pivots off that into music or into half the things we talk about on this podcast. So yeah, let's, that's all, that's uh, all commit to saying, what are you, I mean, you can what you all make about? your own version of this question, but yeah, something similar.
1: Yeah. What are you into? Yeah. That's it's funny. Man. That's, that's a about, man? shout out to What's
0: Ruben,
2: the bon- bone, Storm Ruben. Uh, the first time I met him, he just saw my comic book sleeve of tattoos and, he was like, "Yo, I'm into comics," and we,
1: yeah,
2: we didn't talk about anything but comics for you know however long we talked, yeah. And he's still like my go-to comic guy in the north end.
1: Yeah. That's awesome,
2: man.
0: I got T people, man. I got T people coming up to me the north I end. If I just like got on, got on here, and was just talking about writing the whole time, it'd be like only people would come up and talk about writing. I think the other thing is this: you said you're an animation director, which you are. You said you're an advertiser. Is that
2: Marketing what you said? when you don't want to talk that long, but like you, <laughs> <fine>. you like.
0: <laughs> but it's also like you work you work in animation like i work in right like we are more than our jobs still like as much as we are like a job is a big part of us and like specifically like us three we you know we find like a lot of value in pursuing those things like we're complex individuals we got a ton of other shit going on we got like things that we want to do that might not always happen when you're working on your show right
1: yeah and i'd say we're lucky and dare say blessed to say we're like we don't have all of our um outside of work activities be like a company softball league or something like that. Like we have something that is genuinely creation and is definitely sport. And it's the best part of, you know, fandom and supportive culture that we do. That's not a part of this. And I think it enhances in every way without having, you know, again, the crutch of a company mandate or, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it could be in something that's so vanilla and it's not. And um, the things that we love and uh, that only makes us better as uh, creative people.
0: Very good. we're gonna take a quick break and be back with y'all and Benji
1: back here with FCFC Pot. We're back here with cousin Ben but he's so much more than that. He's so much more than Cousin that. Ben. uh, There's so many
2: Ben's in the north end. Cousin Ben might be a good Benny
0: Blanco. Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco. That's a
1: TSG member, beloved TSG member, Uh, director of animation, as we just found out, (laughs) and um,
0: director of animation for TSG
1: for TSG as well, (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah, man. Try to
2: cook something up for season three. I think. Heck yeah, dude.
1: We're gonna get on this page.
2: Yeah, we're on this. I talked to to Dwee about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Hey, if if you guys ever saw at the beginning of this year around the elections time. an animation where the camera kind of pans in the north end, and there's a bunch of animated screaming, yelling north end people with some flags. Uh, that was Ben. So
1: it's been on the FCFC pod. So if you're if you're follow of, uh, at FCFC pod, you'll have seen it yep. and liked it. It's one of those flights of fancy where it's like I'm gonna do it once a
2: month. I'm gonna make a new animation. <laughs> and then you're like, what kind of job doing? Yeah. This. yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, that, that was actually our first episode that came out, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it just, was the first
1: one. Yeah. yeah, it was right in time for the first episode. It was a freaking great promo, dude. That so we're thankful cool. always, Ben. But we're really here to talk about gangster movies. Yeah, we are. Crime movies. And crime movies, which yeah. is our... Uh, why do you love uh, crime movies so much, Ben? I don't know. You know what?
2: I think... And it's like the rich tradition of Los Angeles crime. Like, Los Angeles is, at one point... Because, you know what? You gave me a novel about Los Angeles crime. But it's... At one point, it was the crime capital of the world. In the eighties, it was the bank robbery capital of the world. I think it still might be not so much this now, but Dude, definitely whole, for like ten years. The hole in the
0: ground gang.
2: Hole in the ground gang. You guys
0: just just Google hole in the ground gang. Yeah. Just get ready to like lose your mind.
2: Or Amazon Amazon thickest thieves. They've still not called caught thickest the thieves.
0: hole in the ground gang.
2: Yeah, I believe to these this guys day. stole eight million dollars out of banks by drilling into the ground, and, or I guess drilling up.
0: And I think like,
1: does this still work?
0: Well, several several of them had like built tunnels during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, and so they have like professional tunneling abilities, Uh and they've just like never been the greedy bank robbers that get caught. They just go and they take enough, and they like are pretty careful, and they've just they're probably amongst us in the North End every week.
1: Hey, (laughs) (laughs) shout
2: out my criminals (laughs) in the North End. (laughs) Who do you think? Listen. I'm not saying Sal Reyes is part of the whole like, <laughs> game, but that but Sal Reyes has got he's just got a face he's got a he's a character face you know like he if Sal if you told me anything about Sal I'd be like I don't know maybe like he's a very interesting guy even talking to him when we went to the Away Day in New York I was just like man I want to sit and have coffee with you and he was like yeah I'm I don't, i do not want to do that with you dude and I was like that's cool
1: <laughs> interesting guy Sal you, Reyes Sal Reyes shout, shout to
0: Sal. out Sal yeah prime movies though we so growing up together. Ben and I, I think some of our, like, interest in culture and movies was, like, taking off around the same time. And I do remember getting the Scarface DVD. Oh, yeah. Before they reissued the Scarface DVD and it became, like, really ubiquitous, was, like, one of the hardest things we've ever tried to do on the Internet. What did we have to do to get it? We bought it
2: from a guy. I remember exactly what happened. We bought it from a guy in Florida who ripped the DVD. This is the first time anyone ever ripped a DVD. (laughs) (laughs) and Florida man us. rips dvd <laughs> this guy had a whole like bootleg operation and it was like a dog shit quality dvd <laughs> but we like man did we watch that dvd over and over well there were
0: so many samples and references to Scarface and all the rap music i was consuming at the time and yeah, i had never we had seen to it watch it. And it was hard to find it really was like just so hard to find and it wasn't as it was big in like the hip hop community but it wasn't as big in like the acclaimed film community right like it, it wasn't it wasn't an oscar nominated No, no,
2: it was actually yeah. It's pretty like uh, neglected by the, by the bougie. So it was
0: hard to find. It It hadn't been like reissued. Eventually, they like reissued it and made that whatever anniversary edition. Oh, the snakeskin
2: case that I definitely (laughs) bought. It definitely came with a money clip. clip. I I used that money
0: clip until it broke. Like two years Uh, later, it just snapped.
1: I think I still have it somewhere. (laughs) A snakeskin case that comes with a money clip. Scarface. Anniversary edition. Yeah, it became like just so ubiquitous at that point. Funny
2: yeah. enough, that's like in high school, that's where I used to hide my weed too.
1: So like anytime like, anyone... <laughs> a fairly know. obvious place to hide your weed, but you know what? It's We're, we're out here. We're I mean, I here. would say it's an obvious place to hide your coke. But that's never, true. Yeah, but yeah. I never... Drug, had, drug paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, do we love about Gangsters, guys? It's just the... It's the...
2: You know what? I, I go back to this every time. As, as like a, as a movie buff, as like a cinephile. Uh, the best movie ever made is Heat by Michael Mann and make your case well they have this they I'll make my case Val Kilmer Val Kilmer's <laughs> in it <laughs> Robert De Niro's also in it Al Pacino uh, who are those guys I'm Val, just into Val, Val Kilmer Sizemore you know uh, it's fucking John Boyd's in it uh, but they, there's this scene in there where Pacino's talking to De Niro and this has been like referenced in a lot of different things but uh, uh, De Niro goes like uh Pacino goes, you ever you never wanted a real like, you know, normal type of life? Yeah. And De Niro goes, What the fuck is that? Barbecues and ball games? And he's like, Fuck no, why would I want that? And I was like, Yes. Why would like I you know, I like the Dodgers, whatever, but like barbecues and ball games was not the that's not why I was put
1: here. You're attacking everyone in the suburbs right now <laughs> who love those two things together. I, and
2: like, sh-
0: and like, it's
2: fun.
1: I just and never. We're also
0: having a barbecue here. I've never felt more <laughs> lonely. Ball games, they're just a different ball. I've
2: never felt more lonely in my entire life, just being about ball games and barbecues. And and De Niro hit it for me. And Al Pacino goes, yeah. And he's like, you yeah. know I, He's like, my life is chasing guys like you. And he's like, well, I take down scores. And he's like, well, I take down guys who take down scores. And you're like. Fuck, man. Crime is awesome. <laughs> Criminals are awesome. Like, it was just such a, it's just such a great narrative vehicle for human—like, you talk about, like, my, my job right now, my literal job title is head of story.
1: Incredible. I need I to—I
2: craft—I have to make sure that the story is crafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no better story in the entire world than a story with high stakes. So you start a movie and you go, Josh and Dewey need to make a podcast or they die. Uh-huh. The stakes are so high and everyone goes, holy shit, they, these guys need to do whatever they can to make this podcast. Yeah. So we're now you're invested. you are in. resorting
0: to crime pretty quick. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. $100,000 oh, yeah. by tomorrow. Like, okay, like crime is the only way that that can
1: happen. PSA, don't make a podcast movie, please. Like, we we just watched. I just
0: watched. Is <laughs> it Zac- a podcast
1: movie? <laughs> no, just don't make. I just watched. Uh, Zac- you know there's going to be a no, go ahead. I'm just, no, I, 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 oh, I, did you watch I, I, a. I'm not really going to be between two Birds? I watched between two parts of movie and it fucking ruined between two parts for me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. All the interview segments that they've released after are incredible. And when they try to thread you know, the needle of a narrative into it, like some things are just meant, not apart. meant to be movies. Yeah. And it's it's bad, but it's essentially that. It's like, make Will Farrell tell Zach to make uh, 20 interviews or you do not do this anymore. So. Yeah. I mean, crime stories are so
2: relatable because it's it's a no- guy, normal guy, no matter how you start, it's a normal life gets interrupted and it's life or death. Yep. Yeah. And they do whatever it takes to to survive. And that is that is the most compelling story you can ever tell. And that that rings true for, you know, wartime stories, it rings true for robbery stories, it rings true for mafia stories. Yeah. It's just Whatever it takes to survive. Why do you think Breaking Bad has all the Oscars? Soprano, all the Oscars. Yeah. Or, uh, sorry, The MS. Wire. The, the Wire. And all these Emmys. Like, The golden age of television lived and died on crime.
1: Succession and then a, sucks. And then
0: a stupid And then a stupid dragon. Sorry, y'all. Don't a stupid dragon
1: it. ruined it all. I, I, stupid dragon ruined it all. We need room for I, fantasy in our lives. There's crime in Game of Thrones as well. Yeah. But, yeah whatever. I, I, don't, I never
2: watched Game of Thrones,
1: but I hear good things. It's, it's Until great. the end, it's great. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Last season, best season. Just, just keep watching. No, but we're not, talking about. Please. We've already
2: talked about this.
0: We're, we're talking, talking about, about
1: crime. Yeah, we're talking about crime movies. Okay, own. Donnie Netflix. Brasco.
0: Right? Donnie Brasco,
1: Carlitos.
0: Carlitos' way. way. That's mm. where we got Benny Blanco from the Bronx.
2: That is. That's where John Ben's Leguizamo. Shout from. out to John
0: Leguizamo. Ben's nickname came from Washington. Benny Blanco
1: from Carlitos' way. So, De Niro, Bobby Milk out here, dude. Dog Day the Afternoon, Canadian Italian. Oh
2: yeah, Dog Day Afternoon is a great one. Taxi yep. Driver. Taxi Driver is one of the best misanthrope stories ever told. Do
1: we want to talk? Okay, now let's talk about Joker real quick because Taxi Driver and Joker, Joker. Are, the, are the same fucking movie. Um, mm-hmm. Benny Blanco had some thoughts about just, the, the radicalization of, of, of white, white you know, disgruntled males in this. So. I think
2: it. I think it's overblown, but like, I will say this: coming from. The West Side of Los Angeles and seeing like a lot of insufferable white guys, uh-huh. particularly on the northern West Side. I would say the Brentwood Palisades areas. Yeah,
1: shout out. Brentwood. I don't know Stanchion how.
2: I, <laughs> I don't know how much more we need of like the, like the misunderstood white guy narrative. Like sure, every every human being has potential. And every human being is misunderstood and every human being has a story. I don't know how much we need the, like, another poor white guy who doesn't fit into society, who's capable of great things goes wrong. There's a lot of, like, wrong white guys right now. And there's a lot of really great stories that are being told by not those guys right now. And we gotta remember this is from the dude who made The Hangover. Yep. Who's now fooling us into thinking that this is like a
1: Oscar-worthy yeah.
2: mo- movie. When you have movies like *Parasite*, shout out *Parasite*, shout out director. Uh, of- an amazing Korean film by, uh, by uh, Boon joon uh, Bon Junho. Sorry.
0: Well, so I just want to take a little detour, a detour. from crime film into Korean film, real quick. Talk to we you. do we are we are a huge proponents of Korean culture on this podcast, as any regular listeners knows, and like. Whether it's Handmaiden.
1: Oh, man. So old
0: good. boy. Dude, Han- The Handmaiden is... Incredible. And I, and I get it came out at the same time as Handmaid's Tale, which everyone was watching yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like The Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, no, no, no. Not The Handmaid's Tale. The it's
2: Handmaid's even more confusing because Amazon funded that movie, so it's like an Amazon movie. Mm-hmm. And Handmaid's Tale is like a Hulu. So they are both streaming.
0: Mm. Well, like, those just narratively and, uh, like, as someone look i'll watch movies and i'll have like a hard time with certain movies like ben will tell me to go see a movie or or someone else go tell me see it like other friends who i always turn to for movie recommendations and i might have a hard time with it like i can recognize the importance of like the cinematography aspects and the directorial aspects and even the acting certain things but if there's flaws in the story or things i don't like i can't even like get past it and so i just give up and hate and hate the whole part i can't really even enjoy the rest of the ride but like the handmaiden those two narratives yeah, yeah. that are separate, and then come back to the same part, and then you start the third part. Like the way that that was put together was massive. For the for the people process.
1: for the listeners who don't know the Handmaiden, can give us a little synopsis. So, what do you think the story was, Dweez? Without <sighs> spoiling too much, it's Would a you-
0: story. It's a story about um, a Japanese
1: like a lesbian guy. Lover.
0: Yeah. I think it's just a dude. Is I don't know how many people are from Japan. It's, it's wartime Korea. Yeah. Jap- Japanese occupying. And this dude who just has, like, weird fetish. He lives in a big house somewhere outside of Seoul, I would imagine. Right, right, Because I feel like they leave the main city and come to the countryside. And he's just in the house doing weird shit. And, uh, yeah, there's handmaidens. And um, they get comfort involved. Women, yeah. The comfort women get involved in certain ways to like it's it's one of those it's almost like great in the way like revisionist history like tarantino will take some like fucked up situation like the the murders for the Sharon Tate, the the Tate murders during once upon a time in hollywood and then like repurpose it in his own ways but it's actually more creative than that because it's like it's his own like standalone like crazy there's some crazy twists and the handmaiden, and all you get all the other stuff too, like that great directing is, and the the color, and like the way that like the shots are done, and the sound design, and everything else is like phenomenal about filmmaking. And and I am no film expert. I'm probably sitting with two people who know more about it than I do. But I'm just saying, like from the narrative standpoint, and like the dialogue in that film is like so unreal. And uh, you know, it's 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 a really special movie. I encourage you to see it. It was that one, and. What's the name of the director? Or yeah old boy, right?
2: Chan-wook, yeah. yeah.
0: And then I saw Burning, oh, which is based yeah. on the uh, Murakami oh, the short Murakami, story, yeah. which I actually I do like the Murakami Murakami short story by itself. And there's some like narrative things that I didn't, I wasn't as in love with with Burning, which came out last year. I think it's streaming, streamable um, on Netflix. Uh, but I love yeah, like the whole Steven vibe Yuen. like my boy, the vibe Shout of out to Stephen Yoon. The, the whole vibe of that was, was great in, in different ways. And then um I've been reading a lot about Parasite, and I've been reading a lot about his other movies. What was the well, the one about the pig? Okja.
1: Okja. Okja. Yeah. I, just haven't Netflix, Netflix. Snowpier- I haven't uh, had a chance to I actually watched
0: I actually watched the first of my the movies of that he that he had directed today, which was Snowpiercer which was just like even it being contained inside of this, like, obvious, like, weird formula, like, the, it's almost like a snakes on a plane type formula, like, there's just, like, you know what I mean? There's, like, everyone's on the train, the world's, you know, it's, like, yeah, yeah. all these services, but, but the way that it was put together and stuff was just, like, and I'm just, I'm just here to ask the open question, like, what is it with Korean film? Like, why am I loving these movies so much? How are they coming out when they are? I was reading the New Yorker piece today on the train coming back from my run, and about... The profile on on the director of of Parasite, and apparently like no Korean film's ever even been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I
1: think it's yeah, only ever been not foreign. even for foreign film. Not even for foreign film. Oh, really? Yeah, not even never, for foreign no, never foreign.
0: even in foreign film. So like,
1: so they're hoping the Parasite. They're they're and making Parasite the won stops.
0: won the Palme d'Or. Yeah, at yeah. Con.
1: Yeah, and it won
2: Venice. And oh no, sorry, Joker. Joker won
1: Venice. Old oh, boy famously yeah. got a standing ovation from Tarantino, who wanted to win everything at. Uh, at, at, at Con mm-hmm. I mean year. listen
2: like you you look at a director like Spike Lee who's one of my favorite directors of all time he he redid Boy.
1: yeah like <laughs> with Josh he, Brolin mm-hmm.
2: it's crazy and it is and if you watch the two back to back I suggest everybody please please watch the Korean Boy. But, yes. but Spike Lee's Old Boy is almost shot for shot the same movie and if that's not respect I don't know what is like in terms of so I think Spike just wanted people it? to see that movie what is
0: it and like because I'm unfamiliar with like older Korean films, I only know these like three relatively contemporary directors. Yeah, I can't what, speak. What happened? Where have we have we all just catching up? That, that was the argument that the New Yorker piece. Is, like. We're all just like actually catching up to Korean film. and This has been what's been happening in Korean film for a while.
1: You know, it's I think it's it's strange because um, Korean film as uh, an industry being being really promoted as in in the way that it's critically promoted right now is I think maybe that's not as old as we think. You know, because um, when we the OG Korean films that were like critically acclaimed were I think very much an homage to Hong Kong cinema, yeah, and um, even to a lot of Japanese like you know old like the Kurosawa heads and all that stuff. But um, more recently, the these these directors and auteurs, they'd say um, they're obsessed with the class issue and class divide that's happening in modernization of Korea right now. And so what happens in that? I think um, as Burning was a movie I didn't I didn't really love, but. They talk about steven yun's character who is like you know this really wealthy person who's mysterious as a, uh, as kind of uh, the in i think the translation is like uh, like a, a secret gatsby you know like this mm-hmm. kind of gatsby like character who you don't know it and so they're definitely pulling from western western influence as well but it's just these ideas of people who are korea maintaining its soul amidst the uber wealthy who are maintaining obtaining, obtaining wealth in such a a new and oftentimes a westernized way, you know and like they're just coming up and pro- and being the the kind of uh, the science of this country, you know this 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 jewel of Asia all of a sudden, but then there's still very much the even they would say the soul soul of Korea is definitely much the the working class and all that. but how much of that in that struggle really exists anymore about the working class really being the heart of Korean culture and all that and that combating the truly globalization force that is, koreanness right now and soft power and money and wealth coming into it i think it's it's what's really making all these stuff stuff pop off like um okja is an incredible i think allegory of what um what westernization does to to oftentimes bastardize you know countries of you know uh, different countries and take their resource and understand that and what our relationship in that economic struggle is you know and mm-hmm. i think we've talked about the pod before about korean history being um naturally being uh, the, the the kind of small fish in between two whales of, J- of Japan and China. And now this, I think the Korean creatives are taking this even further and being like we are essentially, um, you know, we, we're a country founded by a proxy war in a lot of ways, right? Where the East and the West are fighting the, the Soviet Union, China, and communism are fighting democracy in the West. And then Korea, how they even split Korea to North and South is essentially just um, – a figment of of some, someone's random halfway point, right? So all these things coming into cultural and money and wealth and even the the power of Korean music and celebrity right now and all that in being tossed into the same kind of potion is really what's making this such a potent it's just ripe. film force. It's yeah. just
0: maybe it's just ripe. Yeah. Like it's just really ripe for creative expression. And film is like obviously one of like the you know, peak forms of expression because it uses all these things but yeah the way you described it now i see exactly what you're talking about it's like a confluence of so many Mm -hmm. historic sociological and like temporal forces that have made like specifically even right now maybe the last couple decades just so there's so much to be said
4: right 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 and this
0: and that's and that's probably why maybe i haven't even seen the joker and I, i don't really know that much about it but um you? It's like, well, we've heard these things before. Yeah. Like, I'm less interested in that than I am, like, with what outside perspectives, and not just Korea, but, like, you know, I know I'm maybe in the minority in this case, but, like, just outside perspectives that, like, you know, I personally haven't been exposed to as much. And even if it's, like, I don't know, some backwater Mississippi movie sure. about, like, whatever that, you know, I don't know about because as much as L.A., as much as we all love stories about L.A., it's such a dominant cultural force. It's, like... It's the LA and New York are the equivalent of, like, the Japan and China in the scenario Josh was just yeah. explaining. And, like, the most of the rest of the country is kind of getting squeezed in the middle. But, you know, as long as there's, like, a, a person who's expressing it in, in a way that's, like, keeps it interesting and they can, like, take these, like, different factors and, and weave interesting stories and present them in, in the forms, then I think it's worth checking out. But right. I've just been... Even, even though I agree with you, like I, I didn't like love burning in the same way that I love the handmaiden, but um, it's just like these movies are so I can't look away. Like yeah. all, all these directors that I just mentioned, everything and I saw the other film. what was, it was Old Boy Handmaiden and what was the, there was a two or two other movies of his that I saw.:
2: You see Stoker? Stoker was his first, like, I think all English all English not, movie.
0: No, not Stoker. What's the other one?
2: The one where um, the
0: sun is in the lake or the, at the very end and the, is going to... Is this like... I can't remember. but um,
2: uh, I'm blanking at the moment.
0: But they're, they're all just like enthralling is my yeah. point. So and this is
1: what I think it's a big thing too is like all these directors grew up loving American cinema. Like that's where the references a lot of them come from but they, they have such a Koreanness about them that they translate that and such and I think... Spoilers for Snowpiercer right here but um, there was a video that talked about... <laughs> I saw the Snowpiercer is uh it's like uh, Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate it is Factory. Very Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. yeah, Charlie right. and Chocolate Factory, like um kind of like parallel and maybe it's an extended universe of that fact, and like even like um the W for I forgot what the the yeah. Magnus name was like was a Wilfred. Wonka thing. Wilfred yeah, Wilfred and uh Snowpiercer, but he's, it's, he's Wonka. Yeah, Wonka. he's Wonka and, and he's every like Veruca Salt is on the train, like all the people that uh how were kind of dropped off in the factory, like Charlie's essentially the ed Helms in this movie and um I think that's, that's a really, I think, a fun twist on, on everything. It's like, I'm sure there was some influence behind it, the Oompa Loompas and all that, even finding the children behind it. But, um, wow, this is really going to not make sense if you didn't watch the film <laughs> um, as I'm talking about it. No, but, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, like,
0: those films, because I, I text Ben all the time. He's probably tired of it. Like, I'll just be, like, sitting around, and we're, we have all these entertainment options at, like, our tips of our fingers. Yeah. But I'm always just, like, if it's not Arsenal Fan TV, I'm like, what the hell am I going to watch? You know, like, what am I going to watch right now? Like, I'm not trying to, like, jump on these show trends as we've talked about recently. But, like, but there are good, there's so many good movies out there, but they're, like, just not in places where, like, I've always been accustomed to looking. And um, one of those places is really, but the Korean film Wave right now is, like, what my gangster movie film was when we were, like, 15 and 16. When when I was chasing down copies of Scarface
2: and... Going back to how the written word is the, you know, the source of all the narrative. So Willy Wonka is, is it Roald Dahl? Yeah. Yeah, Right? Snowpiercer is a graphic novel. Right. That he adapted. So it's like these movies are finding their way through these very simple books.
1: Right, right, right. Which,
2: like, maybe amount to, like, five and a half pages of actual dialogue. Yeah. That they then had to expand into two or three hour movies. We're talking about IP right now, baby. What Let's go. I mean. This is some
0: entertainment talk right now. I
1: see you, man. We know you
0: guys come to the FCFC Pod to hear all They're
1: about IP all of these. Hey, we should do we should do a, a movie record reco-, reco list. FCFC movie reco. At St. same we're doing uh, well, music playlists. We, that's a good idea. Yeah, we heard. Yeah. Well, we
0: heard people liked our. We are a culture three, podcast, so are you? You know, the three of us alone. where we had the no guests episode, and we just talked about food. Hey. And you guys
2: had some great we recommendations.
0: Watching. Um, But I think having been on here, if we didn't talk about movies, I think it would be foolhardy.
2: Like yeah. I think, listen, for all the football fans out there, Dio Montino. Dio Montino. It's a Portuguese movie. It's on Amazon right now. Jeez, that's a deep cut. Go ahead. (laughs) It is a a very comical view. I think someone just backed into a car out there. It is a very comical view of a Cristiano Ronaldo type guy Uh that goes way 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 <laughs> into the deep end and if you're having the worst day of your life and you put this movie on it'll make the day better it is a is it a is a day brightener dio yeah. montina
0: another uh deep uh, football deep cut what's the stallone movie where he plays goalkeeper
1: oh fuck i just heard about this oh yeah <laughs> oh my god what is that movie called <laughs> he See, plays a, really in, in a nazi they, prison camp right oh my the, god yeah they're in a prison i'll camp. look this up right now because it's important it's called. It's uh, like the re-
2: it's like the soccer response to the longest yard. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! What's it called? Escape to Victory. Yep. Well, it's not a great, uh, great title, but <laughs> so, not a great movie either. <laughs> it's horrible on both accounts. Uh, Wait, So, Bill, so Bill Simmons on his podcast with Shay Serrano, just said a thing about what, what fictional events would you have loved to be present for, and it doesn't have to be sports events, but it's like just like kind of like the spectacle of it, like you want to be there for. It. And they said. Uh, the first one they said was Gladiator when Maximus in the last fight when he when when he sure. destroys the Emperor, and um, they the last one was Escape the Victory because it's like I'm a prisoner in this POW camp. Pele is there <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Sly Stallone's playing goalie, and all of a sudden we, we beat the Nazis in in soccer in a prison camp, and then we escape all together. And he so said that is the pinnacle of event, fictional event you want to be there for. There was also uh, Rocky IV, seeing Rocky and the Cold War in um, in the USSR, and uh, that was a, that was a beautiful moment as well. Oh, and those guys are all liars. If the answer isn't blowing
2: up the Death Star.
1: Ooh, wait. So, ex- come on. It's going right. to be blown. At th- go, 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 nerdy on me. Okay. So, where, who, <laughs> what, what party am I in? Like, what, who am I? What character am I in when I'm blowing up the Death Star here? I mean, it depends on what kind of person you are. <laughs> let's say, let's say, let's say <laughs> the, the most guy. optimistic, good. Yeah. I, want, I want the best thing to happen. I, I'm You're here for with victory. You're the gills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Admiral I mean, Akbar like out here. when they when they
2: when they blew up the Death Star the first time, it was it was about to get. It was about to blow up the planet that the Rebel Alliance was based on. Right, right. Thus ending the Rebel Alliance. Sure. So they could look up into the sky. Uh huh. So I'm, I'm
0: one of the guys with the gills and I'm just like, wow, look you're at the, the it's, look. A yeah. <laughs> it's a trap guy. It's not It's a trap,
2: trap guy. So if I'm going for fictional moments that I want to be a part of, surely it's looking up in the sky and seeing this thing the size of the moon about to blow up my entire planet, yeah, everyone yeah, that yeah. I love and care about. Sure. Getting blown out of the sky with no repercussion on right, me right, whatsoever. Right. Just. My life can continue now that that thing is not there. Anymore.
1: You don't want to be closer to the action. I disagree on this. Like, oh, I would rather be one of the pilots for sure, sure, but sure, like, sure. But like,
2: you know, if we're witnessing this event. Gotcha, gotcha. It's gotcha. along the ride. Yeah, You're yeah. not like an
0: active participant.
2: Yeah, because well, do they want to be rocky or do they want to be in the crowd?
1: They were okay with being in the crowd. So okay. they're like, they don't want to be in this the crowd. Witnessing. The ones witnessing. Witnessing. Yeah, yeah. Witnessing. yeah. So I'm not, I'm not pulling the trigger on the Death Star, the the, the, the faulty Death Star, but... I don't know. I feel like being on the planet and just seeing it from, you know, 20,000 light years away is, 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 is kind of a yeah. cheap, you know? I'm like yeah, hey, maybe,
2: maybe being on the ships then. Being on the but ships. But not, like, the ship. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, everyone wants to be Luke Skywalker. Right, right, right.
0: What are you going to pick?
2: You with the Star Wars?
1: Star Wars is a good one, man. I wasn't think about that shit. That's, I'm that's mad weird. at myself
2: because I don't even really, like, I'm not even that into Star Wars. <laughs> but that's just the first fictional event that came to my head.
1: Fuck.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Scarface. <laughs>
2: One when of the guys that like ransacks yeah, the. Down, no,
0: when he goes down to when he when he, when he uh, no when he comes back and I'll be one of the witnesses and be like no 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 Tony don't do all of your own supply, just take it easy.
1: You're you're just the the, the counsel the the correct counsel. On oh the yeah, line. I'm just a
0: witness so I can't yeah. be involved.
1: Yeah, you can't be involved. Like so, you're like.
2: You're just a neighbor outside of his. <laughs> When his place gets ransacked and he gets shot in the back by just the guy with the with the shades, just on. shaking
1: his head like they got another one. They got another one. He should
2: have done all of the supplies right You then. and Rick Ross over there?
0: <laughs> I guess
2: so. Watching Maybe Scarface. one of the
0: guy, Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me and Rick Ross in
2: the in, in the house together. Just Tony like, ah. shouldn't have blown up. Or no, well, you know that's an interesting. Uh, that's a narrative. That's another like reason why crime is so great. Tony got got because he didn't kill kids. That's a pretty that's a great narrative device.
3: Mm -hmm. How
2: many of you how how many of you would save yourself if it meant killing multiple children? I don't know. It's an ethical question of the
0: So as you're watching (laughs) Yeah (laughs) No Piercer, switch over to Scarface every now and again. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Think about the children think about about the the All right.
0: We could talk about this all night. We're gonna go for a quick break and get back with we let the leaves decide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all
2: right.
0: We back, in the backyard. Tea time with Dweez, you know what it is. You know the funniest part about this tea time? We are officially with the person who's probably had more tea times with Dweez than <laughs> any person on the planet. So he needs no introduction to the type of teas we're, dr- we're drinking
2: tonight. Hey, you guys but know that tea that Alex always plugs? I went with him the first time we ever went there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real! Out, out to Alhambra's. Ben, Ben's
0: also gone with me to like the far reaches of southwestern China to very small tea houses and like endured my insufferable like sitting here. And Ben just like, hey, can we just go get like a fucking beer, bro? <laughs> like let's well, go outside. And he's like, but he'll follow me. On th- this is this is why
2: he's my boy, man. This is why he's my boy. So, I'm a I'm a coffee person myself. Yeah, as I, as I heard you yeah, are, yeah. as well. Judge. I'm right there with you. Shout out to all the
0: coffee people out there. It's not about, it's not about the bean or the leaf. You can, you guys can gravitate to both sides. It's not about whiskey or beer. It's not about vodka. Or, you know what? Everyone wants to choose sides, guys, and I get it. But we're all, we're all with the love of having different beverages here. Thank
1: right? you, Ellen DeGeneres, right now for for that. And, for that in,
0: and in that same spirit, I just also wanted to give a shout out to our hopefully the other family member that will eventually make it on the podcast, our soccer loving most talented at this sport cousin, Bob. He uh, yeah, he, he brought me this tea from Taiwan. He's currently living in Taiwan right now. Hey. He's been to a couple of AFC games when he makes it back in town. Unfortunately a Tottenham fan. But like Richard Roscoe, we will forgive them their trespasses.
2: But we will also remind them of Bayern Munich. We and a man named Sergeant Gnabry. We will Gnabrys. Gnabry.
0: Shout out to Joe Zacher. I know he probably loved that uh Nabry
1: I don't know if you guys want to hear this, but I think Arsenal fans are kind of bullies, man. I don't know. It's we've just been bullied. Is is that we punch back? (laughs) It's just man. Are we bullies? Man United. You can't talk about. Yeah, you guys
0: are bullies. Yeah, come on, man. When you talk about Man United, you guys are just like trophies. (laughs) Trophies,
1: trophies. trophies. (laughs) But it's just when you when you get when you get two or more of you in a room together, it's it's kind of terrifying, man. I to sit
0: with five Man United fans the last time we were here.
1: Was that with the noobs.
0: No, that was with uh,
2: Pierce, Pierce and Timmy. Timmy. Oh my god, I forgot about that. We I have yet to hear that podcast. So
0: So we're drinking Ali Shan light roasted oh, oolong yeah. tonight. One that we've enjoyed recently, and I still got quite a bit of. So I'm gonna keep drinking for the rest of the year.
4: I do
2: like the oolongs.
0: Um, but yeah, Ben and I, Ben and I have done a decent amount of traveling together. He didn't make it to Russia with us, but um,
2: couldn't make it to Russia. The 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 twelve percent chance of the dream job that i gave myself uh huh the dream job came through so i yo so i did not go to restaurant. shout out that's incredible okay <laughs> it, it was a 12% reason, chance it's it's the the it, best reason and it, reason it happened i have to go on a trip um but there is a tea shop in south of Chongqing, china that we each wrote little notes on that if you go there they are still there yeah. Little notes. Little notes. It's a it's a tea shop that is full of notes. Hey, who's I, the- No, I still remember
0: Ben's note. You don't know what
2: Ben's note said? Tell me. Oh man, do we need to air it out?
0: Is it's it, a good one. Is, it a, is it a poem? It, it, it was
2: a-
1: uh, You, might, it, like, you it, might like was, this one, Josh. Hit me.
0: It may have been the best of times, if only there was someone there to tell us.
1: Wow. I like that shit, dude. I do. I do like that. That's incredible. See, I feel is, like
0: that's gonna be the name of this podcast.
2: That I'm glad so. that Slim's not here because I feel like I get roasted for that.
0: One. <laughs> like, that's some of the corniest shit I ever heard. Yeah, it's like, you white dudes, it's <laughs> like white dudes go to Asia and try to be profound
2: listen, and shit. Listen, there's emo kids in the north end. Damn, <laughs> It's mostly you're, just me.
1: You're, pull, you're pulling the, the Keanu Reeves right now, dude. That's, that's that's really that's really profound, man. You see the freaking uh, when when uh, Colbert asked Keanu what happens when you die after this whole Keanu hype and oh yeah, it was wild. Keanu, yeah, just take, Keanu just takes a pause and says, I know that the ones who love us will miss us. And then everyone just like, just starts bawling. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's a complicated question. And then he just, he's answers. It's very similar to Keanu, bro. Have you ever heard uh, Stephen Colbert's Mark Maron?
2: No, I haven't. It is unreal. Real. I, I am not cat a, cat. I am, I am a, I call myself a refugee of the Catholic school system. Uh-huh. That's quite apt, life. yeah. Uh, and it did all the, all the things that people love about God, it did the opposite for me. Hey. I actually, it actually damaged me quite a bit uh-huh. and I, and I don't, I, I don't look fondly on the Catholic church, uh-huh. my own belief. Uh, but Colbert is the only, is one of the only people that I've heard talk about God and I'm like, you know what? That is awesome. Catholic that school is,
1: teacher, Stephen Colbert.
2: Yeah. No, he has this view that he expresses a lot on, uh, the Mark Maron podcast that is like it is something to behold. I don't know if you guys want to I have to give that a little shout can out.
0: You, can you summarize it? Can we have it as a jump off point?
2: That's great. Yeah, hit me.
0: Um, I won't make you try to rearticulate the whole well,
2: thing. Well, I think like in the in the Catholic upbringing that I had here in Los Angeles, there was just, it was a lot of hypocrisy and it was a lot of asking forgiveness and not permission. But the way Colbert talks about it, he talks about it as a source of strength for dealing with because he lost his I think he lost his like dad and like three brothers in a plane crash when he was like yeah. 12 and it was just him and his mom and his house and it was like the, it was the the belief in God that got him through it because he said that like God gave him that to basically show him what the bottom looked like so when he could keep when he went back up he was grateful for it it was I think it's a lot like wh- how addicts talk about being addicted but um the way that he disarticulates like the preciousness and temporariness of life. This really resonates in a very, uh, it, it's not even in a, like a not secular kind of way. Like I think it was actually very Buddhist the way he talked mm. about it, but he happens to be a Catholic and, and very much so. Uh, but his,
1: his Mark Marin is interesting.
0: You never went to private
1: school? Nope. Always no, no, public. No. Always public, always public, but I grew up in the church. And so similar things of hypocrisy you see and the guilt you feel. I mean, maybe not as as severe as Catholic guilt, but, it, you know, it's there. Let's
0: talk about guilt, guys. That's a oh perfect topic for, for... Did, did
1: Pierce and his
2: dad not already talk about that?
0: <laughs> Shout out to Pierce and Timmy Maher. You'll hear also, that soon This enough. is just Dwee yeah. is just having back-to-back homies on. That's all it is, guys. The only reason I really started this podcast is to talk to my friends, make you guys listen to my friends, and talk about <laughs> So now the truth is out.
1: Now we get to talk about guilt too. That's incredible. I mean, you know what? I, it reminds me of something you said about Colbert was, um, I was reading, uh, Todd Coates's Coates, book, uh, between the world and me. And he was oh, talking about, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's an incredible book. And one of the last things he says, um, was that, you know, when the, when black Americans were getting hosed down and, and really just brutalized by the police force here, like, um, there was this look in there as you look at old photos and they're looking um, past, they're looking past the, the hoses. They're looking into something that, that even Thomas, goes, as, as someone who doesn't believe, is um, he said they were looking into something that um, he, could not, he could not pertain or he could not, he could not understand, but it, it is a faith in something that there is something greater out there. And um, for so much of the civil rights movement, that was led by, I think, um, a lot of faith believers, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, he said there was something that uh, he saw in their distant look, even when being brutalized, that that showed him that they, whether or not he believes it or not, there was conviction in that there was something larger and greater that they were fighting for. And I think um, the stuff that you said about Colbert, and I've heard Colbert talk about, you know, his family's kind of, uh, the tragedy that had befall, befallen him, but it really gives you um, a perspective on on the temporariness of life and also what's what they hope is coming at what we hope is coming out
0: well I think I think spirituality is I'm finding more and more like it's super important it doesn't have to be like denominational spirituality but some sense of, in like a grander whole you know a bigger consciousness time before and after you yeah um, some just sense of that What, however it functions is probably different for different people and should be different but what um, it's almost funny because you brought up like police but like I do think like religion for me when I was a kid who did not grow up in private school but went to private school summer school every year uh, Ben and I would go to Loyola and you know like being exposed to some of like the private school stuff and just like having it I, I had this like weird hippie existence and then like with a dash of like Irish Catholic guilt sure, uh, thrown in um, but it's like when that 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 spirituality becomes like a policing spirituality, or like a like a ledger of right and wrong, and like in a world that's like so gray, and like trying to make everything like so black and white and like immediate answers to things that like might be more complex than you know one thing or the other, um, that's that's when I think like what really like ramped up guilt and like guilt like coming into the form of like what is like shame, which is like. I, I guess some would say like guilt at its worst form. Sure. Like, you know, shame is like the source of like, I don't know, the majority of like probably our own inner anguish, like for everybody about like whatever it is, whether, you, you know, the job's not good enough or you did something and you don't want to admit it to people and you keep it a secret or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think like, I think all of that was exacerbated by like the catholic exposure when we were kids so like (laughs) for us it like comes out in weird ways and like from i think for me especially it's like yeah you live in this like no rules universe of like hippie dumb and then you have like this exposed you know like guilt police like running around your head like telling you what is right or wrong um but either way people shouldn't feel ashamed
2: of themselves shame is where the
0: shame is shame is Shame is the one where you now you're falling off the cliff and, like, it's not serving anyone.
2: Shame is where God fell apart for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: Because it's, like, I heard someone say it's like, shame is the only emotion that has no function. That mm-hmm. won't help anybody. Yeah, It yeah. doesn't help you. It doesn't help, like, whatever it is you might be ashamed of. It doesn't help, like, people around you. Even, like, your enemies, like, can't really be that much helped about shame which, because it's just such, like, a... such an all-encompassing destructive force.
1: Right. And I think, um... As well, the, the shame topic is super, super wild because I feel like it is it is the institutions that incorporate the shame part of it that that, that fall that fall short of really um, pro- providing an actual... It's it's such a human response to shame somebody, you know? And when you have... I think the good things about a faith and religion is, like, it does make you think of this kind of um, a higher power that it, it, it incorporates your life into... Uh, to a larger, grander scheme of things. And when shame is involved in it, I think that is a completely human institutional way of looking at a larger question. You know, it is, it is taking the things that a person does and really um, burdening them, them with it the, when that, I think in a lot of, in a lot of cases in, in scripture throughout, all faiths is, is not really present there, right? And it is the human response to trying to understand something that is not human and something that's, that is so otherworldly. But um, it is something that I think organized religion has failed for 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 a thousand years now, two thousand years now, you know. And so, it is something that's got. I think the, I mean, we talk about faith in an interesting way because I think the the best thing about faith really helps helps us think about our place in a larger in a larger place of things, you know, and really, really forces us to ask bigger questions than ourselves. And we talk about, you know, issues of purpose purposelessness or loneliness in the midst of everything. And it should give you an identity and it should give you a community in that. Um, and I think those are the really good things. And it's, to bring it back to kind of LAFC world for a bit, I was just like in Rich's office today and uh, Rich literally has like the top 10 things of like religious institution of a religious movement, you know, and so he's thinking along that, along that variety of like, what are what are the fanatics, you know, that it comes from religious fanaticism, right? Of, of of pure faith-driven things that have have gone maybe even too far and trying to incorporate that into you know, let's say a secular context. And there's certain a lot of things where people in LAFC universe you know, would say uh, going to an LAFC game in the North and is a spiritual experience in a lot of ways, you know? And it makes us consider things of community and and building each other up in a larger lot of than ways. Yourselves. Yeah, larger than ourselves. Like it, it really is like whether or not you choose to frame it as a faith-based thing or not. I think we're, we're talking about the larger, our our place in a larger, larger, larger um, plan. And I think um, that's a really interesting thing for me to see as someone who is, Still a part of the church, right? And, and the Christian, and trying to figure out like what what happens here, and a part of, in, in a part of an organization and a team that is really trying to trying to get the best parts of that and really leave the the bad parts of it behind.
0: Yeah, and in some ways, like it's funny because I think Los Angeles is built as like a very secular city. Like to the outsiders, like you know, there's like probably angry people in the Midwest, like picking up like, oh, those like, heathens and yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's a lot of like faith and church and imp- imprints in this city and, yeah. and it comes out in, in all sorts of ways like both like classical like with the church building stuff but, like whether it's like you know like there's storefronts you see the storefront churches all the time yeah, right? like in, in Koreatown and like those little those little spaces the community spaces right, right. Down, like down the street here um, that just become like a little outp- outpost for faith because like you know spirit- spirituality is something people need but you also see like all like the, n- the new wave new age like Choose yeah. your own adventure type spirituality all over the place. I actually think like Los Angeles is an incredibly religious place, mm-hmm. and, like an incredibly spiritual place. Yeah, um, for a lot of people. So it's kind of, it's it's like another one of those like twisted things about this city that people, on the outside especially, assume or try to define it for other people, but the people that are inside it's actually like pretty present and obvious. Right.
2: Well, you, you you think about like the essence of like godliness and and everything that the Catholic Church taught us growing up was you know all all these tenements of what are basically the most human things you can think of yeah. loving your neighbor, clothing neighbor, helping people out, like sure. And you look at the separ- the division in the country right now and how the the, the middle kind of could say that. The 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 coast can say at the middle is too god crazy, and the middle can say that the coast is too godless. Yeah, but when you're when you're facing down these problems head on, it's hard to not be a human about it. You go down to Skid Row, and it's hard not to feel like a human and wanna help. Absolutely, it's hard. I would imagine that it would be very hard, and be very interesting to take someone from Oklahoma, from Kansas, from Arkansas, all these places, and take them down to Skid Row and be like this is the reality of situation in big cities is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And like in the same way that we talk about, we go every Sunday, we go and we talk about like, this is what God did, this is what you can't do, when like really what we're talking about is like, no, this is the most human thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like the least godly thing you can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's the most human thing you can do is help someone else out.
0: But I do think that LAFC and going to LAFC games and all that does bring to mind for me the better parts of like the religious experience um dude the our father is john ferrelli football club you know what i mean like where you start suddenly man. touching some the person next to you and you're you're now like physically and i always felt like for, for all the people who've been to catholic church out there when you do the our father and you hold each other's hands like i always noticed how afterwards everyone i think i might have mentioned this with monty was on but people are always smiling afterwards
2: mm. it's like you
0: do have this like, yeah that connection yeah and as much as people are like germaphobes or whatever, like with their little hand sanitizers and like not want, but like there is like a thing about just like physical contact um, that I think feels good. And even though Slim would probably also complain about what Jump for like, Football Club does to your calves <laughs> and the workout that happens with your calves, uh, I, I think it's like a it's it's pretty obvious the comparison between the two. And and I think at least for the most part, just like I'm sure for the most part, people get what they want out of going to church. There is that part of it that turns negative when it goes past a certain point and passion bleeds into some form of like anger, bigotry, whatever you want to call it. But
2: Well, it's like you, you, you take the most base human emotion and it quickly leads to like the other basest human emotions, which is like judgment comes pretty quick. Self-consciousness comes pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So just as quickly as you are to say, let's, Let's do all these things. You look over your neighbor and say, "Well, he's not putting in more than I am." Right, right, and that what broke me in, in again, very, in my corner of West Los Angeles Catholicism, was how many people were were looking into the other when the when that collection plate was going on. How many people looked over and see how much the next guy was putting in?
1: Yeah, and like no, how much better that was, how much better they were. Of course, I think that's that is the, the humanness within something that's that's trying not to be so human, right? Or it's trying to trying to be a, a better version of it. It's like the judgmental self is, is, is so present there, and it's all that. But I think um, it's wild. You mentioned Skid Row before, but I'd be to say, like, Skid Row exists in a large portion because there's a lot of churches and missions that do work there and who provide supplies there and who are like, those are the people I want to hear from. But there's, there's definitely a, a faith group that's taken over, especially in terms of, like, Right when Christianity, that's speaking for the entire faith, and that's very political about it. Mm-hmm. But like the people on the front lines actually helping out, like I, we've all been the soup kitchens, we've all you know sandwich made sandwiches and stuff like that. And it's like you see how many kids are coming out there with their families and stuff. We just need a meal. It's like, and that's the humanist we're talking about. I think that is like there are people on the front lines from faith communities doing that kind of work, and I think um, that's an important thing to know. Like when we say Los Angeles is like so like baseless and secular and all that, it's like no, there's people out there who have who have been driven by, they feel like a higher purpose and higher calling, and they've been doing work in that community forever, and that's, they're making L.A. a better place in that way. And so what do we take from that in the sport that we love and the club that we love? Like, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, like, where, where Rich has had several faith leaders from different faiths, like, come over to the North End, like, experience it, and... um Well, you do. You look, you look at Father Doyle. Yeah.
2: The Homeboy Industries. Man, that yeah, man. dude is, like... You know he he became like a big thing, but he is not out there no, campaigning. Not. He is not endorsing. He is not doing any of that stuff. He's he's too busy trying to change the community. Yeah, that's right. And that's he right. Is, And man, is he changing the community, especially right. downtown. He was a he he was a um, he was a pastor at my high school. Oh, is that right? Wadula. That's wild. And he was always around. We knew him, and he was just like he was like great. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you help? Like, how are you helping today? That's, that's How are you real. helping today? Yeah. That was his first thing. You talk about, like, first introductions. Like, what do you do? What are you into? What do you love? How are you helping today?
1: It was always that dude's first response. And that's a pretty interesting. And look at, look. I mean, look at the fruit of what's, what's coming out of that, man. Just, oh, he's changed how many lives? Dude, it's incredible, man. I, I, I loved hearing that. And I think it's real. Like, he's not, doesn't have his own press agent and anything like that. Like, no. people are battering the door down to, to, like, to tell a good story and, what he's giving is like it's work and it's every day it's daily work but it's it's making that community better And I think that's the kind of things that LAFC is obsessed with and that that we will continue to support
0: like in the spirit of service which I think is like one of the better merits of like organized religion as a whole especially in like you know a country where like social services aren't always like provided to the extent maybe necessary for a lot of people slip through the cracks so, so, you know, religious groups have to fill in the gap on the service front. But like service-wise, if LAFC being another type of church, you could say, like, how do you think, Josh, like LAFC done on like the service regard in year two versus year one, are, are things like ramping up?
1: Yeah, I think it's incredible. I think I'd shout out Christian Torres, who is our um, kind of outreach and service director for um, on the council, 352 council, but he's, the relationship he's cultivated over year one, um, with even like some something like Breezy and the, the youth foundation out of Koreatown and like really helping out those kids and being present for those kids and growing up and being good mentors to them that's there we have homeless outreach programs here in Los Angeles and I think it really comes to the point where like everybody in life is just so obsessed with Los Angeles and what happens with when you're obsessed with Los Angeles you, you benefit Actually from you get obsessed with
0: community
1: exactly with the community stuff and um, I even remember when um, District 9 when they had uh, there was a uh, there was a big community of, um, I think, Salvadorian people were supposed to be performing at a certain event that they were very, very well connected to, that the show ended up falling flat, and then um, they just had no place to stay and no supplies and everything like that. So, like, they called on the LFC community, especially 1352, to be like, can you guys provide toothbrushes and maybe some somewhere somewhere to, to kind of sleep for these guys? And it's so awesome seeing people with, a, with just an attitude of service in, in, in our regards and, like... To the point where it's like the least, the least friction I've found when I've asked people to kind of help around stuff is around LAFC events, you know? We see this with, um, even for K-Town for All, which is uh, a kind of uh, meeting our homeless neighbors in Koreatown, we have, uh, we have a pretty good relationship with um, the, the kind of group out here that's really supportive of kind of um, shelters and building shelters and having mobile shower trucks and all that, but it's like the LFC community when we were, we're hosting a sock and underwear drive and even a feminine product drive, like they came out in droves to do so. And there's something really beautiful about that. I think there's, we share in the best, really the best of times, right? And in terms of seeing this thing that we all love so much together that it is such a no brainer for us to really help out in the other, the opposite. And when there is, you know, there is severe um, tragedy in some cases that we have to really help out on. So the first time I ever bought tampons
2: was for the TSG uh, drive. Hell yeah, man. We're, hey, we're grateful push for that. Your comfort zone.
0: See what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> Doing things that make you uncomfortable. It's all about being uncomfortable.
2: I did have to. I will say that, like, I did feel like I had to load the cart a little bit. Sure. But I also sure, bought sure. socks to
1: also give. Yeah. The <laughs> load the cart with socks, tampons, and a couple of Lacroix, and yeah. then we're all there, bro. Yeah.
2: There's some Topo Chico was in there. Hey. A little bit for me, a little bit for them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's incredible, man. That's that. That is we're as you said before. We're 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 fully three dimensional people with with other interests and stuff like that, and for that to be incorporated into service and good. Man, it's 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 doing it's doing such a such a world of difference. We had sticks on, and I saw sticks just took a um, lot of uh, youth from Watts to the Netflix office the f- uh, first time. I saw it on Zagi story. Shout out sticks! But like that's what we were talking about before, Ben, was right. about like showing kids like there is a possibility and creativity and and a job market out there for you for you to really provide, you know. And I think that's an immigrant story, that's a person of color story, that's an American story in a, in a very 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 rich regard.
2: Yeah, and and I, I would say that like all three of us are are a bit. Uh, you know as as active as we are in this community we're all a bit like shy personally mm. at least uh, speaking for myself I definitely am but anyone in anyone in the north anyone in 32 that has a kid interested in writing and drawing and anything please god reach out to us yeah like I mean th- yeah, we it mean would be that. so nice to to kind of cultivate that thing and I think I, I I've always been like a bit nervous about just like putting it out there but I think it would I think the end goal of this whole LAFC experiment, for me, my involvement in it personally would be, let's get like let's get these youth, these kids that love to draw like let's get them let's get them jobs yeah, at Nickelodeon like, man, can,
0: that's, incredible, man. Some, like, that's incredible man that's incredible. Josh and Slim and I have talked about for sure is just like I think you know getting finding a way even on the podcast front to like if if there were people interested in these these avenues and they just didn't know about it um yeah passing it on passing the info along showing showing what's possible i think what we were talking about writing earlier especially i don't think there's anyone who's incapable of doing any of these things if they if they want to do them and i'm open to talk to whoever would want yeah, yeah. And the,
2: the time right now is is crazy for for that just being someone that's pitching i i was just at netflix pitching a show idea I've been to Hulu pitching a show idea. I've been to Amazon pitching a show idea. Like there is this avenue where they go, what else? What else? Yeah. We want to hear, we want to hear from women. We want to hear from people of color. We want to hear from disenfranchised. We like, we've heard a lot of these stories from a lot of these people that look like me. Right. right, We want to hear other people's stories. That's awesome. We want the next Korean story. I brought up, um, spa night or, uh, yeah, the Korean film Spa Night. You ever heard this? Before? I haven't watched that, man. Damn, it hit me. I brought that up in it as, you know, something to pitch. And they were like, wait. Like a, a homosexual coming out story uh-huh. in the Korean culture. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it wild. Wow, never seen before. They were
2: like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, Like, you know that movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it got a big response. And, you know, different stories. Like, everyone wants a different story. You can't do another. Like, Breaking Bad was already done. Right, right, right. We're done with this. Right. Like, let's... Who else stories can we tell you you talked about Euphoria you talked about
1: Zendaya yeah yeah like where's that story where's the next story it wouldn't have existed 10 years ago no for sure mm, not at all yeah I think that's a really inc- incredible encouraging climate to be in because like and I think we're all better for it that we hear such a such a multiplicity of voices that are, are talking to this and I think even to your point before Duiza and like Dweez is underselling it like when he's talking about like us getting on the same page of what we want to do for this community especially in the kind of creative realm and how to help in terms of mentorship like we did not move forward to the for, with the first episode until we were all aligned on that and said like this is a larger picture but we are all in the same kind of mindset on that and, and helping so i mean we mean that for, for real like we have all the guests we've met are such incredible people i really think i'm i'm such big fans of you and our co-hosts here and, and slim and dweez about what they are capable of in terms of kind of professional output and even like creativity in general that like we want to hear from the FCFC community. Like I was so lucky to speak on a career panel that I was once watching before recently. And uh, the one thing they asked me for was like, what's like your big takeaway? And I was like, there's nothing like growing with your friends. There's nothing like celebrating their, their victories. Like you can totally... You can totally, like, pat people on the back over social media and, like, be like, oh, that's awesome on LinkedIn and all that stuff. But, like, once you're in the trenches with people and, like, growing with them and actively making each other better, when that person succeeds and gets, like, a, a an amount of success, like, there's nothing as enriching as that. So, we really believe in that, I think, throughout, through and through. And I know I speak for all these guys here. It's, like, we grow through that and we're better for it. So, if you have any questions along that regard in terms of that, the writing lane, the art lane, like, we want to hear from the community that... <laughs> that is it's cool enough to listen to us you know like on, on a week and week-out basis like we love yeah. you guys and we want to make this thing uh, you know a community and, a and what's
0: what's cool about like the north end is like there's enough people and enough things we're talking about like the arts primarily but like i've met everyone from like lawyers to, yeah you know people who have their own businesses to
1: car like, dealers uh, like
0: whatever whatever it is that people are interested I, I just think that like in general like the benefits of like community are are like that sort of like helping each other out in different things and you're talking about like celebrating friends like if it it weren't for like ben and being able to share like what i was challenged with or whatnot and if i was just doing this in isolation there's no way i could have kept going yeah like but you know i've been lucky along the way to have to have friends and family that that are pursuing their own things and it makes it more plausible and more doable and all those people out there you guys got voices in us
1: yeah for sure
0: Got voice, got listening ears, you got someone
2: to talk to. My dad brings it up all the time. Uh, he still cracks up when he was like, you know, it's, it's really weird to imagine you and your cousin out in China writing a script together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause when I visited Dweez, we were just like, we were just sat in this what, one bed, one bedroom apartment in China and we were like, well, okay, what do we write in a day? Cause we didn't have anything to do that day. What do we have to do in we China? We had nothing. nothing.
0: <laughs> we also used to just sit at islands and pass back and forth, uh, napkins na- those little drink napkins and draw yeah. like a whole like basically like a comic book uh panel on there and just add to it and add to it and add to it until the food comes out. Silence still exists?
1: Yeah. Island still. Oh yeah. Okay. You mean the burger joint like out yeah. here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. for sure. I haven't
0: been there for a really long time. I thought
1: you were doing some obscure Chinese restaurant. We should get, get a, food, uh, like We about. should get Jimmy to start a restaurant
2: where they like they uh, have like a Wi-Fi bomb where it turns all the phones off so you got to Drawing the place and the mats and the yeah 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 i made that that's pretty fire actually belly <laughs> Jimmy
0: you hearing that just turn it off
2: Jimmy's the, off the only the guy show. I know that has a restaurant that's the only way yeah. no I'll no pressure it. on you man
0: <laughs> um, so to close off today as our as our tea's finishing off you know what I think would be kind of fun swim's honor I think the last couple times we stole the noob's idea and did the soapbox thing where you can, you can get a moment to just say your piece but since we scholars have been saying most of our piece the whole time if you want to mm-hmm. have a, a our our dickhead moment? <laughs> dickhead <laughs> Everyone gets have I don't know if it's called the dickhead soapbox, but you just in honor of Slim, think of a maybe I have a moment here, boys, and think of a think of a something that's been happening recently that you just kind of want to just have your dickhead moment real quick with.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is good. This put me in a different headspace. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I, know, I
2: gotta. We're, I gotta we're
0: shit. ending on that positive. But you know what? I, I'm look, man. We got Jenna Jameson uh, doll bobblehead thing. That dull, is, that please Mo, not doll. Bobblehead. Yes. Bobblehead.
1: <laughs> we don't have a sex doll in here, guys. Thank you.
0: <laughs> that Mo brought us. And it's in <laughs> the, the bo- place where Slim's... <laughs> we did say bobblehead,
1: right?
0: <laughs> it's, it's in the place where Slim's uh, head usually is right now. And I'm just looking over in that space. And without without a little dickheadery, I feel like this is all for naught.
1: Mm. Dickhead moment. Dickhead moment. Shit. <laughs> That's
2: a rapid shifting of
0: gears. I know, I know. I just I just went for it, guys. It's I was like yeah, really positive in the, the culture
1: and community and building together. No, like, no, I know. I know, I know. no, I like it though. I like I like the I like the switch. You guys you got something? Uh
2: uh Here it comes I, I almost have something.
0: Okay.
2: I don't know if I have some hold on. Maybe a shot of whiskey will help me get something here. <laughs> it's tea time,
0: but Ben's Ben's got his uh <laughs> his Ohishi whiskey
2: dickhead moment dickhead moment shit shit I don't know turn off your goddamn cell phones during a goddamn movie oh
1: that's that's a good one
2: sorry y'all people are doing that I've been going to movies a lot by myself and there's a lot of there's still a lot of people on cell phones in their movies fuck that man it ruins it for everybody I can think of a better one
0: no that's a good one I mean it's the same for the north
2: end no but I feel like it's gotta involve like boobs or something (laughs) that's a good dickhead moment that's actually
0: like pretty perfect. I feel like Slim even went and had a dickhead moment recently with phones in the north. Yeah,
2: turn your goddamn phone off. And also, when you're in the north, end, turn your phone off too. You know what? Let's go that way. Yeah. Unless you're checking the scores of the other MLS games, which I actually did the other night.
1: Uh, Thank you for keeping us with uh, the Ebro goal count and then knowing. That I did. Ebra's
2: I had check. to. I I was very active in the if Ebro was going to try to
1: overtake. I got, I got an lhc one. Yeah. Don't fucking ticket gouge, you motherfuckers. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is an incredible experience, especially in the North End. Don't fucking resell your tickets for $150 Ooh, a pop. there you go. Because you will get your tickets revoked. Like, that's going to happen. And LFC's been good about that, and trying to find that stuff. And we're building a culture. We're trying to build a community here. So if you're going against that culture, that's exactly what that fucking month's like. talking about. North end tickets. North right? end tickets. I don't yeah, even care about yeah. the rest of the stadium. Sure, it can operate like the rest of fucking American sports. But the north end is sacred. Yeah. And how dare you fucking ticket gouge yeah. when we're trying to give these tickets away for twenty? Thirty dollars at max you know and yeah, you give those away we're exactly those away. Yeah. the same way that we give away beers and alcohol and hugs on on north end match Day. do not fucking sell your tickets because we're gonna get you like that's 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 really at the at the heart of it. it's like i don't want some some random person who feels like they're in No, this is not even my argument but people who like and this is the thing if you pay 150 dollars a ticket i feel more entitled to something than i do, than i don't maybe people who pay 150 fifty dollars are just They're getting fucking scammed, right? But then they want want to be there desperately. But the people we've seen who have repaid and the resale value for a ticket have come in with full phones blazing with a full just like I'm here because I paid this much and I want four IG stories out of this and two posts, you know? And I don't – I think that we're such – we're so strongly against it because we've seen what the rest of the fucking world can look like with the phones out. We know what it's like to not have this. So when we have something that we want to preserve, like we will – absolutely tell you nicely hopefully at first like please put your phone down like I'll even let you get 20 seconds of footage off at first I get it you want to be there and be present and all that shit but be also be fucking present during the games and don't put your phones out as Ben said but also at the same time like don't fuck over the people that are trying to love this team the same way that you are you know I think that's that's where it comes from and you gonna get wet so don't complain about that shit hell yeah both ways
0: those were both great dickhead moments my dickhead moment is probably a little less full dickhead, but I would like to try to make it so. So I'm gonna, and I'm gonna channel my inner slim here. Coffee shops.
1: Oh my god! What are you gonna say?
0: I love you guys for your coffee. Stop fucking selling tea. Just stop selling tea altogether. <laughs> just stop offering it. Just stop offering it because you fuck it up every time. And please, for the love of God. Matcha specifically, it's not magical green dust that you just sprinkle on yourself and become like healthy. I I, I had some motherfuckers come in, talking about matcha capsules. You're just gonna eat the capsule of matcha, like Uh it's gonna somehow cure you. Motherfuckers, matcha is just ground up tea, all right? It's just tea, fucking drink it because it's delicious. Maybe it makes you feel good. Probably not gonna cure your cancer. It's Probably not gonna cure any of your things. All you fucking coffee shops out there promoting your little matcha lattes, mixing with your healthy little signs, your little green chalk on the fucking sign, just fucking stop, man. You're ruining it for all of us tea folks out here. Alright? And I know you're trying to provide for the people like me who come in there, but guess what? Every time I have your fucking tea it's disgusting.
2: Jesus. So
0: stick the fuck step off.
2: Stick to the coffee, that's good.
0: Stick to the coffee. I've never in my life had a good tea at a coffee shop. Stick to that. And for all the people out there just fucking putting matcha on things, calling that shit ceremonial. Yeah. The, the reality is this, all right? Ceremonial matcha <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even shine through the ingredients that you're using it for, all right? You, have fucking, you probably have a ceremonial latte, all right? Ceremonial latte. It's a, yeah. it's a contradiction, okay? Because ceremonial matcha is so light and delicate. It uses the first pluck of the spring, which has the most delicate, fine little leaves that has less astringency that yep. wouldn't even shine through your fucking... Two percent milk ingredient or your oat milk or whatever the fuck you're using. So guess what? Is that ceremonial matcha that you're having? You're probably having one of the lowest grades of matcha available. Telling these people they're in fucking some ceremony and making it all like exoticized in a weird way. So yeah. I'm fucking profiteering off that shit. Go to Tea Master if you want matcha. Tea Master, little Tokyo, stay what up to die and Kanako san and just fucking keep it real. And Halbraham, and bro
2: yeah tea, uh tea appetite what's it called
0: tea habitat yeah man if you want some fucking oolong tea tea habitat. If you want Some oolong tea, don't don't fucking go to the lipton stay away from your goddamn like whatever is near your house that's place is wrong go to e my girl at tea habitat. <laughs> she's out there you can schedule a tasting follow her on instagram tea habitat on instagram she's got all kinds of shit she's got fuck, got these fruits that just start popping up every time you she's got other stuff on there you would all be beneficial for looking at that, so, on that note.
2: I didn't even plug my show. Plug oh your yeah, show, man, though. Show. Watch, watch Final Space on TBS. It's good. It's a, it's I don't a, know. If you like cartoons, it's good. Shut up.
0: Watch that. Watch it. He's got more stuff coming. Shut up and watch you, it. Yeah, or save, don't, save it up it don't up to ben. it. He's kind of a shy guy. He's, he's, he's our guy.
2: If you see a white boy with tattoos in the north end, there's only like eight of them. Come say hi. Next <laughs> to all the, the probably Koreans. probably me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll be the one next to all the Koreans. And, Dweez.
1: Okay. and, and, Dweez. Dweez. When and eat, eat your uh, matcha
2: lava cakes. And when not around, <laughs> <laughs> not around Deweese. And next <laughs> time you see Deweese, ask him where his LAFC tattoo is. Oh, what the f- fuck? F- what and the on f- that note? Yeah, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. Slim wasn't here tonight because he's on the cruise getting used to all 15 of those drink tickets every single day like the guy that we love. Missy Slim.
4: Easy. FCFC FCFC
3: FCFC 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 FCFC